I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined tonight by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Evening, Sam. You alright? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Marvellous. Good. Yeah, I think we were. We are coming off a week where we very nearly had a a, a really good week. We still had a solid week. Um, congratulations on your your Women's Scottish Open win with Celine Boutier. Um, and then you also had top twenties with Post and Svensson and Cole um, at the Wyndham Championship. I had Svensson in second and Horschel in third at the halfway mark. Horschel was then the 54-hole leader. Didn't get it done yesterday. I was surprised at that. Yeah, yeah I, I think I could see it coming if it wasn't if he wasn't surrounded by Henley and Glover, who you would think would do the similar sort of thing. Um, it, I think because his potentially his game is it was a little bit of a flash and plan the week before, and you were worried whether it would still stand up under pressure, but. I thought what he had done for three rounds and who he was up against, it would have held on for a day. But it was just his putter it just went ice cold, didn't it? Um, his irons and off the tee were great. It was just fine around putting was not great. So, um, yeah, it's what it is. I think he's obviously going to be kicking himself because he, I think he needed second or tied seconds to get into the playoffs and didn't. But, um, yeah, there we go. What do you make of the, the one, two, five down to the 70? Do you care? Uh, it makes it a bit more interesting, doesn't it? But yeah, I, 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 golf is weird, isn't it? it? Like we said before, it finishes in August. I mean, well, what the hell's going on? You it, know, you have your, your majors done. Um, it, it basically finishes in August. Um, it, it, I mean, it made it exciting, but only perhaps because it was JT that was on the bubble. Yeah. Um, you know, if it had been, oh, I don't know, if it had been Doug Gibb, you know, no one gives a shit. Um, no, like but obviously it. Doug does and his friends and family and I, I you know I quite like him so but yeah. um, you know no one cares and and then obviously you've got you've got him you know well that final hole where he's literally in pain trying to get the ball in the hole so that made it a bit more interesting but do I care I'll be honest it, I like this game but I, I, I don't sit there for four days watching it it's a betting medium yeah. Um, if it didn't exist, I'd find another better medium. Um, but it's been a reasonably successful one, and so I'll stick to it. Um, yeah. Do I care? Yeah, it's not, I don't, I'm not saying I don't care, but um, and I love the challenge, I like the puzzle. Yeah. Um, on a personal level, I, I, I like trying to find players at the end of a year for next year. So So when this is over, you know, trying to find the graduates that, that will do the job, you know, that's a really difficult one. I know we, we have a show where we do that anyway. Yeah. Um, but trying to work out whether, you know, Pearson Coody or, you know, his twin is better or whoever's coming through is that, that's that. I mean, I, obviously, boringly, I used to do the challenge tour, but that was much, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Whereas I think, I say it's not fun. I, I'm going to make it sound bad, but, Everything's exposed until until you get the first of the you know the first few months of the season, and they've come through, and then you start seeing the kids that can actually cope at this level, or who's going to come through, or who's slightly behind. Um, yeah, it's great, and the eye catches. I mean, you know, you talk about Kevin Yu last week, for example. Mm. Um, Bob been on a couple of times. Somebody like him, like you know, I'm quite excited to see where he goes and where we can be on when he wins because he will win. Um, 
rather than, although this is great, a 70-man elite field. It is what it is, isn't it? It's not boring. Uh, I just think it, it is what it is. It's weird now because I don't the, – the PJ Tour schedule has just come out, hasn't it, for 2024. Um, there's only three of the eight elite events have cuts. Uh, and they're cut top 50 or within 10 shot of the lead, so like the Masters, I guess. Um, it And it said it's back to a calendar year schedule, right? But it finishes at the end of the FedEx Cup playoffs in September. So that suggests to me that there's not going to be any events from October through to December. Unless they're what they're going to do is just not call it part of the season. It's going to be the same as what we're getting this year is the full series, which is so that what happens with these events after this FedEx Cup playoffs is none of those points count towards the FedEx Cup next year. Right. Okay. They, they just get you into the into the event. So basically, uh, we, we're not going to go to, into it completely because we've got a shorter show today. But like, yeah. Yeah. but the Pebble Be- the Pebble Beach program, right, is the next it's made up of the players from the next 10 which is the, the from the final FedEx Cup full standings the swing five which is the top five FedEx Cup point earners from Sony the American Express and the Farmers and then it's the 50 I think that got in from this this FedEx Cup season so so yeah so it's 50 players and then 15 from the next 10 which comes from this full series and the swing five of who plays well at the at the three four events at the start. So it's going to be it's going to be weird. Like it's not. You mentioned there about you know who graduates and who's going to do well. If they don't do well in that little short spell between now and December, they don't get a chance to do well next year anyway. Right. So it's it's a it's a bit weird. And then and then like. The FedEx Cup system is clearly flawed because, like Hayden Buckley, who hasn't played well for God knows how long, is in the FedEx Cup standing, in, is in this playoffs this week. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, exactly. you know, it's so it it's there's definitely flaws to it. There's still going to be flaws to it next year. I don't really get why they can't just go back to 2024 being January through to December and make. I mean, they want the FedEx Cup finishes the FedEx Cup players to finish before the, the NFL is what's basically happening. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, yeah. Like. It's weird how they do it. Anyway, that that's that's what it is. But another show, yeah. Yeah, there's still stuff to be unraveled. It's not quite clear how that's going to pan out yet. We didn't quite get what we wanted out of last week, apart from obviously Booty for you in the Scottish Open. Uh, I had a, I had a nice week anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then the three six minutes. I just it was just one of those ones for me where I, like, I had chances to have two or three really good you know runs on Sunday and it come down to just four short of fifty four well lead and then he blew it up. So um, just. What could well, Lucas Glover, you've been on a couple of times, don't you? Sam? Yeah, yeah. I basically said last week it's the last time I'm on him because I did that thing with Ches Reaver. I did it for like three or four events in a row, and then Glover was coming up to three or four events in a row. So I was like, no, like I've been on this rodeo before, um, and gave up one week too early, which is annoying because it was a good course for him. But there we go. It is what it is. On to the FedEx and Jew Championship. This is an event and a course that has basically not been able to settle on what it is for the last four or five years, has it? So it used to be a regular season event. Then it was a WGC from 2019 to 2021. And then last year it was it was moved to this first playoff leg. Last year it had 125 players in it. This year it's got 70. So 
couple of differences from the last few years. I think it should still all point to the same sort of players. It should still, you know, accurately reflect who's the best players in the field and, and the same players should contend. But there's going to be 55 less players in it uh, is the key part. Scotty Scheffler, 7-1. to one. Rory McIlroy, 9-1. to one. John Rahm, 9-1. to one. Jace, have you got a pick in the top three of the betting? Uh, I, I tried not to, okay. honestly. But um, I don't I don't want to go five in the field, for yeah. example, this week. I've only gone for a couple. And I had to go Scotty. I, okay. I, and, I mean, there are a couple, you know, I, I understand, but you can only pick him up on one thing. We all know what it is, right? Mm. Um, this is a massive tee to green track. Um, the fact that Will's Editorius could win on it, um, okay, he nearly gave it away. But um, the fact he can win on it doesn't really matter. He led in um, tee to green in approach. Um, you had uh, Harmon and uh, Trey Mullinex, uh, who were both high up on those those stats. Uh, 2021, I think four of the top seven, uh, uh, top five, I think maybe top ten in the tee green. I can't read the writing as usual. Hmm. But don't worry, because new things are coming where I will be able to read it. Yeah. Uh, and six out of seven were in the top ten of strokes gained approach. So this is huge tee green. You can read there's quotes everywhere. Uh, the whole point is if you're in the rough, you've got problems. And if you're in the fairway, JT says it's a pretty simple track. And everybody says it. If you're on the fairway, and so that that calls for elite ball striking from Tita Green. Um, there's no real aggression required in, in terms of the par fives. Should be pretty similar for everyone. Um, you know, distance doesn't affect it quite as much as it used to. Uh, you've got a number of par fours over 450 yards. So people are going to be hitting irons from 150, 160, 170. You're talking about the elite. You're talking about places like Sawgrass. You're talking about Augusta, although, you know, in terms of actually placing the ball. Um, and obviously there's there's lists of, of, of similar greens, Harbour Town and Quail Hollow Pebble, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so so the, the, the game isn't to make your, your, your score on the par fives. It is going to be about quality play. I think over the last five years, strokes gained approach... Um, uh, well, we said that already, so it's been most important. And in the old style factor, greens and regulation and proximity. So that tells you everything. Scotty Scheffler is putting up figures from Tita Green that have never been seen before by anybody over this period. Uh, leads the Tita Green, leads the greens and regulation stats this year. You know, it, we use tour tips. You can look where you like it. it. His figures are every single week. It's just ridiculous. You know, he hasn't been under double figures gained for T to Green. Um, I think it's only twice since the Phoenix Open. Um, and what, again, I'm even getting guilty of this, and everybody's guilty of it. We, we have a go at him. The amount of tournaments that he could have won yeah. is just incredible. I mean, he could be sitting on 10 events in 20 starts. Um, yes, we know where the problem is, but I try to look and look and look and look and see what he's doing about his pattern. I know he experimented at the US Open which is where he turned around um, some dire figures. Um, you know, they eventually found some positives. It's gone again. I, I don't know because I can't find what he's going to do. I, it may not be he's going to do anything this week, so I'm sure somebody somewhere would have picked it up. But the fact that Zalatoris won, the fact that Lucas Glover changed his putter and, and won last week, I, I, I wonder if he's going to be the third one. He's not. I, I mean... I don't know what's happened to his pain. It's just gone completely. It's got to be psychological. Well, he's got a great team. He's got a great caddy. Yeah. I, I just, I just, you know, when you look at something with Rory, sorry, Tom, 
what Rory did at the, at the um, at Hoylake. You know, that was down to him. He didn't exploit any of his iron play at no. all. And I'm just going along the lines that, yeah, I, I agree. If he puts the same, then six, seven, eight to one, he's going to look absolutely stupid. I agree. Yeah. But the fact that he can finish where he's finishing and give four or five shots away on the greens is, is stunning. And on a course that, that dominates Tita Green, I've, I've got a choice. I think he'll trade a lot shorter. If he trades at less than five to two, I'll probably take the free bet. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think ultimately, I don't. I don't actually think he's got that much worse of his putter. I think he's when he had those four wins or whatever he had at the start of last year, he got really hot with the putter for four or five events, and then went back to being pretty average. He was relatively poor with his putting the first couple of seasons he was on, and I think it's just accentuated by the fact that his tee screen numbers are so good. And Absolutely. I don't. Like it's just skewed, isn't it, Jace? Like you, the, the, when as soon as the number of tees green rises up, your putting has to go down unless you match it with excellent putting as well, which I just I don't think he's ever been capable of. So I think he's always been middling with his putter, and then he's only been slightly above, like or, or good with the tees green, but not astronomically good. And now he's astronomically good with tees green. His putting looks even worse. So I don't believe him when he says. I am a good putter and I know I'll get it sorted out because he's not, he isn't a good putter. I just don't think he's got any worse. I just, I just don't think he's ever been very good. So I think it's, it's one of those that it will mentally plague him because he'll see. And and the reason he's losing like so, so many strokes is because he's hitting it to three feet and missing rather than because his lag putting, I think is okay. It's just those ones where he sticks it to four or five feet for birdie and doesn't make it. Um, it's those ones, and that was very much like Rory. Like he just didn't hold anything in the open, like you said. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think if I had to pick one of the three, I would pick him. Normally, there's a case to be made for Rory or Ram based on kind of course form. Um, Rory hasn't necessarily got that here. Um, Rory normally, I mean, he's got a fourth and a seventh, but that's kind of what Rory would have been expected to do in those tournaments. It was when it was fourth, he was. Um, it might be the first year for the WGC and he shot a Saturday 62 anyway. Um, it doesn't feel like a great Rory McIlroy golf course. And Ron's been fine. He finished fifth here last year and Scotty obviously missed the cut. But I just think I just think Scotty's a different player yeah. at the moment. I, I was going to bring that up, funny enough. Yeah. Is, is, and again, I'm, I'm just you know guessing. Yeah. But the fact they're already at Eastlake, right? Yeah. How much does that... So I think Scotty's got a point to prove at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they all have. I don't know, but I think he's got a point to prove. I think last year he was he was guaranteed to be leading. I, mean, I know Rory sort of nabbed him. Thank God um, that he won at the right time uh, <laughs> at Eastlake. But how much motivation is there? Now, I think Sheffield has a motivation this week because he knows he should have won at least a couple more, which is yeah. incredible. He's already won six in twenty eight starts, um, <laughs> and that's that's. That's my little thing, and and the fact you've got certain bad putters that have started, you know, that, that work. Um, it could all fall apart. I actually think that Rahm's a massive major. I, if somebody said to me they're backing Scotty and Rahm, especially on Betfair, yeah, just yeah. having lumpy bets on Scotty and Rahm, just going to sit there and play them, I couldn't argue. Yeah, I couldn't argue. It was really tight between them two, and yeah. I'm not a Rahm backer. No, um, I I think Rahm just edges it. Um, over the two of them purely because of that course form but Scheffler I, I just I just think it goes well there's a reason he's seven to one every week and it's because 
the minute he puts slightly below average, he, he's going to win. Um, that's not even hyperbole, like unless his irons just completely fall off. Which, when you look at the fact that he nearly missed a cut of the Open Championship and never finished what he did, like 23rd or 25th, whatever it was, and he was third in the field in approach, like 14th green and 13th in approach, whatever it was, like the the, the good stuff is still there. Like nothing's abandoned him. So yeah, there, there's plenty to be confident about this week. Not to discount them, but I didn't really look at Cantlay, Shuffley or Hovland. I didn't get to that part of the market. Um, I didn't really need to. I do want one in this kind of area, and I think it's probably going to start coming from the kind of 25 to 33 to 1. I'm going to kind of think about that. I, I very much like what Tommy Fleet has been doing recently. I, I was bitterly disappointed with him at the Open. Luckily, I wasn't on him because I'd have pulled what little hair I have left out. But, like, it... He just seems to be on a different level now. He, he never really seems to be this consistent on the PJ. He was always this consistent on the European Tour, but not so much the PJ. And I think him just consistently getting checked up by Butch Harmon at the moment just makes me think he's he's just at a different level at his game. So I, I do like Tommy Fleetwood. I think it's a good Tommy Fleetwood golf course. Uh, so he would potentially be the first one in for me, which I'm still thinking about. Uh, Brad's gone with Tony Finau and Colin Morikawa in this range. So Morikawa 25, Tony Finau 33. Uh Welcome return to form, obviously, for Fiena at the 3M Open. I still can't get there. still something about him that I don't quite think he's got it at the moment. Um, and Morikawa, I don't I don't really know what to do about I I went to him at the Open Championship thinking he wasn't respected in the market after playing so well at the Rocket Mortgage. And then, lo and behold, he goes and misses the cut, and now he's the same price. So, um, I don't know. I don't know really what to do with Morikawa at all. Finau, I just think, is he could do a little bit more for me. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on those two? No, I backed Finau in this last year. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not sure he's quite doing enough. Again, it's it's a really weird one because I think you go into next week and and you, you then start looking at people who've got to make the top 30. Yeah. Whereas I just, it's a bit silly having back the favourite, but I just wonder where the where the motivation is. You know, once I, I, I don't know. Mate, I'm second guessing people, and you shouldn't do that. We've always said we won't do it. I mean, people like people like somebody like Xander, who I haven't put up. Somebody like Cantley that haven't won. I, I can see that you know the motivation for them to do it to to do a full 72 hole real trying. Whereas, yeah. <clears throat> having said that, you know, there's a case for saying that because you're more relaxed than because you've already won this you're year better, yeah. All, yeah all you want to do is get to the next stage there yeah so maybe we shouldn't guess any of it and uh yeah i i think i, I looked at my car and thought well you just can't can you no he, he ranks up really well doesn't he green this year but yeah um i think yeah i think you're right like i think we shouldn't second guess people but ultimately as well i think that's what we're here for right like people don't want us to sort of sit on the fence they do want an opinion from us so I think the yeah. fact that they give it is fine. Um, the 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 next one, that, so I've got I've got three picks that I've definitely got in, and like you, I didn't want to go with the kind of like a five person card this week. The one that I was almost tempted to go by was Sam Burns. Uh, Brad yeah, has Brad has gone with Sam Burns. I just look at his like kind of recent form, and it just feels a little bit like he's finding it again. Like he was fifth at the halfway at the Scottish Open. If you look on tour tips, and then he sort of tailed away at the weekend, which is not a massive surprise given the weather. Uh, misses the cut at the Open Championship the following week, but just came right back at the Wyndham last week and finished 14th, 65, 67 uh, weekend. He was 32nd 
the US Open. He had that big gap between US Open and and the Scottish Open where he didn't do anything, didn't play. Um, 16th at Memorial, 6th at Charles Schwab in Colonial. So I do think he's playing really nice in. I looked at this golf course and kind of the course form towards hits, as you know, always do. And outside of kind of like someone like Matt Fitzpatrick, who's got a really good record here of, of three top sixes in four starts, I, I wasn't really drawn to anyone from a course form perspective other than Burns, who lost in a playoff to Abraham Anser in 2021 and then finished 20th here last year, but was seventh after 54 holes. He was the one, if I was picking on course form and the current form, I would go with. So he he might it might just be that I start with him over trying to find that one in 25 and 40 to one or whatever because he hit hit the ball nicely with with his approaches and his putter last week and was just lit down by his off the tee game which is generally pretty strong so the fact that the off the tee game might be negated a little bit here uh, gives me reason for for confidence anyway and he was 12th in approach last week so I think I'm talking myself into Sam Burns at 40 to one with the seven places. I think that's very fair. Bermuda King as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I looked at Ricky Fowler really strongly. Yeah. Um, but I'm keeping him free slake. So I'm yeah. hoping that he just sort of yeah, and does his look because I, 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 I think he'll win again um, very soon. So I'm, I'm keeping him free slake and uh, I agree with you. I think um, Burns, I've, I've done, basically I've done two win bets and uh, three in the top 20. Yeah. And I, Burns just needed to be a little bit bigger me to put him in the top 20 as yeah. a Garrett like as a, I mean I could, yeah you can look at him as a top 10 obviously yeah, um, yeah I agree with you I, he, he's, he's much more appealing than someone like Fitzpatrick or Jordan yeah, yeah like I mean Jordan I just didn't even really consider at all Fitzpatrick I did but I don't think he's playing quite well enough Tommy as I said I, I was kind of close to but when I think about is there a 15 points difference between Fleetwood's chances and Burns chances I don't think so so I'm going to just probably start with Burns and then the next one, though, I think we're both on here uh, is Tom Kim. 45 to 1 best prize with a five place. You can get 40 to 1 bet 3658. Uh, I'll let you go with Tom Kim first and then I'll kind of follow up if there's anything you don't. Um, see. I mean, there's only one issue with Tom Kim. There's an issue with everyone in my this week. It appears, <laughs> but I don't care. It's about making a profit at the end of the year and, and, and I am, so who cares? Um, yeah. Uh, Obviously, he won the Wyndham, won the Shriners in the space of four starts last year. Um, yeah. Anybody uses tour tips, they've got brand new feature. You know, um, Stanley seems to have new features every couple of months. Um, and I, it, I haven't looked at it exactly properly, so if I'm wrong, but it's basically the nearest course comparison that you can get. And his one is uh, TPC Summerlin. So um, there's nothing wrong with uh, that form at all, uh, nor is the fact that the victories were from course specialists as well. So the Wyndham's from Sanjay, uh, I can't ever win him. And uh, Patrick Cantley at, you know, uh, Summerlin, and he obviously loves it there. Um, started this year really well, ended last year well, started this year well, contended at Kapalua, um, you know, which is far too long for him. Um, and then after the Amex, or sorry, American Express, just lost his game. His tee green game completely went. You know, what we, we know about him is extremely accurate. A very aggressive iron player, very aggressive putter, superb putter. Um, and he just showed signs at 16th of Augusta, which I actually quite like as a comparison um, in terms of having to place the ball. Uh, 23rd at Quail Hollow, which some people have put up as a comp as well. Um, Patting again, not quite there. Um, went AWOL for a bit and then suddenly bounced back from, uh, came from 107th after the first round to 8th. 
at the US Open, where again, you wouldn't particularly think that was his track. No. Um, and there we are. That was the catalyst for six at the Scottish Open and runner up at the Open uh, on, a, on a course that he had to drive on crutches. And that is the only worry for me. Yeah, I know he gave an interview um, over the weekend and he says that he's ready to rock and roll, but he hasn't been doing much. That could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. Who knows? Um, I suspect that um, if he wasn't 100% right, he doesn't need to turn up. He's top 20 anyway. Yeah. In the, um, in the thing. I suspect he doesn't need to turn up. Could take the week off if he wanted and turn up again next week um, saying that he's injured. Um, don't know. I, I'm going to take the chance because I think he's top grade and I think um, that he'll win one of these with the next two or three years. You can get the price that you can get, whatever you've just quoted already. Yeah. Um, he's around about 20th at the moment for approaches to the green, around the green. His pattern is improving as well, which is, for me, one of his great assets. He's such a great putter. Um, and I think if he if he is on the way back, and if he, he might play more relaxed again. We, we don't know how they're going to play. But he was 13th last year on debut. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping he's... 95% fit because I think he will go past a lot of these just on the basis of the fact that he's just so bloody good. Yeah, no, I, I look, there's not really much for me to add other than I'll just give a very short summary of why I did it in that you mentioned he was 13th on debut, he shot 266s uh, to do that. Uh, he's sixth in approach over the past eight weeks according to Tour Tips. So to your point, obviously 20th or so overall, but over the past eight weeks, he's really improved on that. He did say that... Um, like you said, that he's been given the heads up by trainers and doctors and hopefully he can go this week. And I think to your point, if he doesn't feel like he can go, he'll just pull out before Thursday. So it's basically risk free on that part, I think, um, because like you said, there's no point in jeopardising the next two events just to just to play in this one. Uh, we've already seen that at the Open Championship that he can still play well, <laughs> even when his ankle is flared up. I think it's not an injury that's going to keep him off the course for long. So I think it's just one that he might feel a little bit of discomfort and we'll see how that plays. It's not one where he's got to go and bash it 350 yards. He can't anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think if if Tom Kim wasn't on crutches for a little bit of the Open Championship uh, and played for it, he would be where Ricky Fowler is in the market, 25 to 1. So, you're getting 20 points, I think, hoping that he's fit. Um, and I'm willing to take that chance because I think if he doesn't, if he's not fit, he won't play. Uh, so that's why I've done it. Who was next? For you? Uh, you mentioned obviously you've got two in the outright markets, and then you've got yeah. sort of three top twenties. So I'll I come could to you. I could have been tempted. Sorry, mate. Sorry, yeah. I could have been tempted to put him in. Um, yeah. There's a number of them actually. I mean, the three that I'm going to do top twenty, and it's it's a separate bet to the. You know, the win on Scotty and the each way bet on Tom. Yeah, um, it's a separate bet. So if two of the three cut, you know, cop, then it's a profit. Um, and they are uh, JT Post and Sip Stracker and Emiliano Grillo. Yeah, uh, all recent winners. Um, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's clever particularly, but I just think that reducing the field from 125 to 70 yeah. makes this sort of bet a little bit more appealing. Um, there were a few. There was five in there. Burns was too short. The one I've left out is Lucas Clover. Um, only because he won, that's stupid, but only because he won last weekend. Um, but the fact he's got a third place here as well, um, and if he's confident in the putting, again, it's it's Tita Green is, is great, and it's just about packs. I've left him out 
and have gone with what I think is extremely boring, but you know, the idea is to make money at the end of the day. Um, so Poston, yeah, you know, um, fourth top seven finish in five starts. Um, defending the John D was six, he played really well. Scotland tied second. Um, sorry, uh, yeah, um, uh, sorry, at uh, the 3M, so six at Scotland. Yeah. At the 3M, he was chasing too hard, which is why he wasn't outright second. I know he got mashed by Lee Hodges, but so did everybody else. Um, he would have been second if he weren't chasing too hard. Um, and then got his best tee to green stats of the season last week at Sedgefield, which reads nicely. Course form is 20th, 30th, and 18 in 125 man fields. So, uh, yeah, Sea Island, you know, he's used to he's used to it being hard. You know what he's like, his tee to green part excellence. Um, I like his pain, although he seems to get absolutely slagged off everywhere. Every time I watch him on telly, the commentators are completely having a game. <laughs> no, no idea why. I was confident last year that John Deere, I think, he'll be top 20 here. Um, so I'll just run through them quickly, a couple of sentences. Yeah, yeah, so Griot, um, again, uh, recent winner, this time at Colonial, 15th in the Highlands, where he was um, higher up during running. Six at the Open. He was brilliant at the Open. Tenth at Twin Cities last time. You could have forgiven him and you could have he could have said, look, he's just going to blow out there. Um, at various points throughout the, all them tournaments, he was lying better. Um, and he's found at least four shots to green in four of his last five completed starts. Griot's back to what he does. Um, you know, we used to sort of take him in lesser competitions. So there's opposite competitions and stuff like that. He's now playing in elite fields. Um, yeah, again, Tita Green. I, I, I just think... Anybody that's consistent to your green is going to have such an advantage over everyone that's going to scramble this week. Um, huge amount of shots I think they're going to find over them. And then Sepp Stracker, who was beaten by Zalatoris in a playoff last year. Um, again, they're all connected, these three. They're very, very similar players. Um, yeah. Comes off a victory at Deer Run. See JC Poston if you want. Um, really good, really aggressive runner-up at Hoy Lake. Loved the way he played there. Um, top six finish on debut. Uh, East Lake, obviously, uh, East Lake, sorry, yeah. Um, so, again, another one to look out. He clearly loves this sort of test. East Lake's very, very, very similar to this. Um, yeah, loves conditions. Um, I'm not bothered about the miscut at 3M. I don't really care about that. Um, attacks, finds green, attacks uh, with his irons. Um, yeah, um, approach play, he's ranked second at Honda and PGA, fourth at Memorial, second at the Open. I don't think it's hard to see two of those three place in the top 20. Nope, I agree. So and I could, I could back them all as well. Right? Top yeah. eight, top 10. If someone, if, if there's any like better three, six, five, I'm doing some silly 100th, the odds top 10 or something, I can take the chance there as well. Yeah, I think so. For, they, they are doing the kind of top eight um, market again in bet three, six, five. It's probably worth looking at. Most of the play, most firms are going seven uh, at the moment. But yeah, to, to summarise there, you're going with Stracker, Poston and Grillo in the top 20 market. And Grillo was interesting for me. I, I was close and I still might do it um, in the outright market because it feels like he's a much better player than he was here 12 months ago. And when you look at 12 months ago, he was second at the John Deere, second at the 3M coming in and then finished 31st here. But he was kind of like ninth, I think, at the halfway point. Um, but this year, although it reads 15th, miscut, 6th, 10th, that's 15th, 6th and 10th in the Travellers Open and 3M Open, which are all really good fields. And the, just the, the way he's doing it, like the, the approach numbers that he's gained when he won at Colonial, when he finished it for the Open, uh, off the tee at 3M, not so much the iron play, which is why he finished 10th. But 
there seems to be kind of like a baseline finish run at the moment from the 15th, 20th. All right, to John Deere didn't go so well. But I think for me, he's just come on a little bit from last year, um, which impresses me when you look at the fact that he had such a good effort here, uh, even when finishing 31st. Like to be ninth at the halfway mark in a field like this at a time when he was playing well, but it was after a period of time where he was playing really poorly. Um, I was quite impressed. I didn't get there because the one I have gone with um, as basically a similar price, also 80 to one is Benny Ann. I've just been really, really encouraged. I've been waiting for his form to kind of come to fruition. His off the tee game has been so strong for a sustained period of time now, basically the last six, seven months. And he was slowly starting to show finishes. He finished 14th at the Byron Nelson. He finished 21st at Colonial after being sixth going into Sunday. He was 24th at Memorial, but that was the best he finished. And then all of a sudden, third at the Scottish Open, where he was the first round leader, 23rd at the Open, and then second last week at the Wyndham Championship, where he was second after round one as well, and never outside the top four. So he's really just got his mojo about Benny Ann. And I do think he's a talent that can win an event like this. I think he's similar to a step tracker that can I know Sepstrak obviously lost in the playoff, but like he had the chance to win. I think he's that type of player that when he's on song, he can do it. And that's kind of backed up by the fact that he was second going into the final round here in 2020. He finished 12th and that could very easily happen again if he's got a Justin Thomas or, you know, someone like that breathing down his neck. It won't be Thomas this week, but, you know, someone of that ilk or Rory or Ram, whatever. But just the way he's been hitting the ball and the fact that his irons actually got better last week. It's been a lot of it's been charged by off the tee, but last week he was seventh in approach. I think Benny Ann's the one for me. So that that was my pick over Grillo in that range. Um so yeah, at the moment my card is Sam Burns, Tom Kim and Grillo um, and Benny Ann. The temptation is to add Grillo in there, but I didn't want the five. And the reason I can't keep it as a four is the other one I've gone with is Harris English, Jason. There's been a lot of Harris English kind of back and forth over the last few months where he's looked a decent price and people have tried to back him and I've not been convinced, I'll be honest. Like, I I just think people get caught on a name and any sign of something they, they want to play him. Um, but he was second at Bay Hill. He was third at the Wells Fargo. Then he was 12th at the Charles Schwab, but he actually was fourth going into the final round. I think it was third going into the final round. He should have... He should have basically won. He was in a great position to win uh, and just had a really poor final round. And he was eighth at the US Open with terrible irons, or at least losing strokes on the irons. Then he goes 60th at the Travellers and missed cut of the Open. You think, OK, maybe it's just over for, for Harris English. And then he just has his second best iron week or third best iron week of the year at the Wyndham Championship. Ranks, uh, where did he rank in the field? He ranked third in approach last week. And now he brings it into a course where he has played really well. He won on debut at the Phillips and Jew Classic in 2013 on this golf course. He was 10th again in 2017, opening 67, closing 65. And then two years ago in the WGC, he was the 54-hole leader and finished fourth. Um, so just the combination of the fact that the, the irons are the best they've been for a little while and he's coming to a course a week after. Like, I think it's so situational with someone like Harris English. Like He finishes eighth at the US Open, then he had the chance of, you know, concerned at the Travellers. That's where people liked him because I think he's won there in the past. But, like, this just feels like a like a real good course for Harris English and a good time after coming off a good week uh, to go for it. So 
for me, Harris English is in there at 90 to one. Um, I think he's still 90 to one in that three place market, uh, that eight place market. I'll just double check that while we're looking. But any thoughts on Benyan or Harris English while I just look for this? Uh, I, I, I think I think I, I'm, I'm loving Benyan coming back to form. Yeah. Um, I, I need to see him what he's like on a Sunday in contention. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't argue. He's, he's yeah, he's looking. You know, he was what he was. He was going to be absolutely exceptional when he went yeah. over at uh, Wentworth. And, and it's great, fantastic scene. But you're absolutely right. He's been efforts are absolutely awesome. Um, you always worry about him if it starts going awry. Hmm. But why not? The price in the 70 man field, yeah, I can't argue. Harris English, yeah. It's just, I, I do think if the top four or five fail, then this is literally open to anyone. Anybody at all, you know, no reason why. If that happens, Glover can go back to back. Um, I think you could probably go quite a long way down, to be honest. Well, um, and I think this feeds into your theory, Jace, that these players don't need to worry so much. Like they're they're here to improve their kind of standings in the FedEx Cup, but the Rams or Roy's and Shefflers don't don't need to worry until East Lake. Um, and it was, I think that was reflective in the leaderboard last year. That okay, Zalatoris was an elite player playing elite golf and needed his first win. But that was a difference. He needed that first win. He was still trying to get that monkey off his back. And then you look at the rest of the top five and it's made up by Brian Harmon, Lucas Glover and Sepp Stracker. And Rahm was the outlier. So I do think, to the point you're making, you can have these JT Poston, Henry, uh, Harris English, Benny Ann, whatever, making up this top five, top eight, because yeah. it means more to them, I think. I think you made an excellent point last week when I was not on, to be honest, uh, which was that some of these players, and you can just get the likes of, I don't know, Sam Stevens or Brigham Adam Svensson or someone like that. Yeah. I think you made an excellent point that they now play in far better fields yeah. than they used to. And therefore, they're used to it. It's not a big shot coming off, I don't know, the Barbasol or something and then yeah. qualifying for a really good event. They're used to playing with these players, and I think it's an excellent point, and I think it's very, very valid. Um, and I think that the, whilst the elite will remain the elite, uh, the gap between the next set and the rest is... Well, you saw what Lee Hodges done. I mean, Hodges has been putting up signs that he can do something, but, you know, suddenly let's let loose. And, and there we are. We've always said it. Mm. Every single one of these can shoot 62 around here. Every single one. But can they do it sleeping on having done it? Can they do it knowing that, as you say, well, not JT, obviously, now this week, but can they do it with Rory behind them? And the more yeah. and more they play with them, and the more and more they hang around on the range, and the more and more they see them in the restaurant, um, the more used to doing it they're going to be. So, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're, you, you're articulating that really nicely for me. And, yeah, it just, it, it's just the fact that they can, they know that when they're playing well, how well they're playing. Like Brian Harmon didn't know how good he was for the four, because the four weeks a year that he played really well was at the John Deere, the Wyndham or whatever. He didn't really know what that meant. Whereas now he knows every single week that when he's playing well, he's doing it against all the best players because they've had to play that week. Um, and he goes, all right, well, I'll just do this next week and I'll be all right. And I think that's interesting to see how he, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he does over the next three weeks. I, I, he's actually playing really well. Yeah, I think well he'll anyway. be right. <laughs> I think he'll be fine. I think that, I think he definitely, you listen to like interviews and stuff, he 
took it really personally and that drove him on that people were basically cheering against him. Um, everything you listen to ex or ex pros or pros that play with him in college or whatever, sort of say he always had this kind of mentality. Sounds a little bit like a Patrick Reed, but without the the um the kind of issues that come along with Patrick Reed, um, the criticism of him. Like but he's just a very dogged competitor that looks to get the best out of his game and really wants to beat you. And I like that. And I, I think it, it is. I think, you know, you look here and he came third here last year in Elite Company. He was sixth here ages ago when it was St. Jude Classic, third going into the final round. Um, I think the fact that he's had those couple of weeks break, he should be all right. It's not like he's going straight into it the week after. We saw Wyndham Clark did do it week after, didn't he? At Travellers and play well. Um, I think he'll be okay. I mean, He's just been brilliant any this season. He's he's had multiple second place finishes before he won. So he yeah, I think he'd be fine. I I thought that the price I actually thought they were gonna put him out a little bit more in the market, um, because they really didn't believe that he could go back to back. And I think that probably will be the case. But I thought when he was kind of like generally available like thirty threes and that I could probably leave him alone. But I don't know what price you would make him because his form's too good. So um I was just kind of hoping they'd get it wrong. Um, but they didn't. So that's the thought on Brian Harmon there. Was there anyone, and we'll, quit, we'll wrap this up quickly, um, was there anyone else in kind of like the triple digits that you could see, I guess, in the mould of set tracker last year, potentially finishing second or third and, and chasing down the elite? Uh, no, probably not. No. I mean, there, there are ways that, you know, there, there'll be somebody like um, Aaron Ryle be up there, or, you know, um, yeah, I think that's probably it. Like, it, unless there's anyone of triple digits that kind of caught the eye, which I'm suggesting they haven't, because you had a bunch of top twenties that you've made, and and they were you know short of a hundred to one. Look, there's there is going to be people like uh, I don't know, an Alex Smalley that's been catching the eye recently. He hits his irons really well. There's going to be a rubbish last week from halfway. He was, he was, he was, he was frustrating. Um, I. For some reason, I've got this fascination about Vincent Norman at the moment. I think he's he's just he's been underrated since he won. I think um, okay, he's only finished 23rd, 50th, and 58th in those uh, three starts, but he's threatened to be a lot better every time. Uh, when he was 25th at the um, 3M, I think it was the the week after he won. No, he was but at the Barracuda. Sorry, he was third at the halfway on points. Then he was 50 at the 3M, reopened with the ninth, and then he was. 58th again last week. He was open. He was opened up with a 66 and was seventh after round one. So I just think the Normans showing flashes of life still that he's good. Is it the right golf course for him? Probably not. Um, but I think he's still overlooked a little bit, and he's right out there at kind of like 200 to one. So maybe that's the person if you wanted someone for me in, in a long range market, because there's people like Mackenzie Hughes, Ben Griffin, Matthew Neesmith all of that that you can kind of just get rid of. I think Sam Stevens is only really here off the back of a couple of big finishes. Like there's some that are just completely out of whack. Um, so that's yeah, fine. They'll be gone next week. It's a 45 to 50 man field, isn't it really? Yeah. Which is why it probably doesn't matter whether it gets reduced from 125 to 70 really, because there's only ever 50 or 70 that can win it anyway. So it probably doesn't matter, does it? Um, but there we go. I think that's it. I think we've, I think we've gone through, the names that we need to, you know, there's been no submissions that we haven't spoken about, like a Spieth or a Wyndham Clark, whatever, but Max Homer. But if we're not on them, there's not really much point in talking about them. I think it's 
it's one of those where if, if they win, you you know why they won. They're very good golfers and, and they've come to the fore at this type of uh, tournament. So I'm going to summarise Brad's picks first, who is Tony Finau. Uh, 33 to 1, seven places. Colin Morikara at 25 to 1, seven places. And Sam Burns at 40 to 1, seven places as well. I've also gone with Sam Burns at 40 to 1. Uh, Tom Kim, you can get 40 to 1 with the eight places. Uh, I am going to go with Benny Ann, who I think probably best price now uh, is, you can get an 80 to 1, but it's only five places. So I think the 66 to 1 with the bigger places is more appealing um to me and then it's harris english at 90 to 1 uh 80 to 1 if you want the seven places actually that's probably the better bet 80 to 1 seven places they're the ones for me jace summarize your betting plan this week for the st jude championship very boring scotty scheffler as you rightly say if he puts above average he wins uh tom kim who's it it's not very good this is it comes off an injury <laughs> um and then uh, i am tempted by burns i must be honest if i can get the best price out there it's, it's definitely a, a play, I think, now. Um, and hopefully two of these three get top 20. Um, JT Poston, Emiliano Grillo, and Sepp Stracker. And the Women's Open is far more an interesting event. Have you got any bets for that? Uh, I haven't at the moment. I mean, do you know what? It, it's really interesting because it's, it's like Morton Heath. So, yeah. you know, you look at somebody like Minji Lee, and if I, I do think Minji Lee would have gone very, very close on a on a big... Um, thinks course um, you know she's superb but there is I mean I'll look through it properly but there is no reason why Buche can't win three in a row which would be incredible um, I don't think she will because it just doesn't happen but the course actually suits her down the ground um, like the Evian course it's a little bit tighter than a normal um, uh, British Open that's uh yeah, really interesting. She's only she's been six months at this event in 2019, and she's nothing like what she was. Third round, 73. Um, she improved all the time. Two major top sixes in 19, two major top sevens in 22, and of course she won the Evian a few weeks ago. Um, and this suits even better. So uh, I don't know. I mean, who bets them three in a row? But they don't carry penalties, do they? Like horses, um, she's got to carry six pound on her back. Well, do you know what I mean? Seriously, um, just really interesting. It's a completely different setup, um, but I will I will have a look at it because I um, I think it's a fantastic event. I think the women's majors have been absolutely superb over the last couple of years. Um, there's a lot of people out of form, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna this is gonna play to it's a bit like the the um, event we got on the PJ tour. Um, yeah. Although this is apparently LPGA Tour, even though it's the British Open. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not links, and that's going to make a huge difference. So, yeah, what the hell? Go for Boutier to get three in a row. Boutier is 18 to 1 best price at the moment. Uh, I'm sure you potentially get slightly bigger on the exchange. Maybe, no, I'm sure but... she'll bomb out because all the, all the things are there, but she's absolutely flying. Yeah, hard, hard to ignore when you're playing that well, I think. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Jace, that's it. That's our that's our ramble on the FedEx and Jude Championship. Uh, enjoyable as ever. We've got two more events of this season. Uh, and then I don't know what you call that little period between October and December now. It's the full series to see if you can get yourself into a couple of events next year. It's, it's not shit season. Yeah, it's not it's not a season anymore. So maybe I'll go on holiday in October um, and have a week off because 
it feels like a good time to do it, uh, maybe post Ryder Cup. But there we go. Chase, thank you as ever, mate, and we'll uh, catch up during the week.